we were at this, we were ahead in Branson at uh, this shitty hotel, and there was a balcony, and I, like, went out, and I was like, I'm just gonna, like, I can't live with the repercussions of what this could mean for me if someone finds out I watch porn. So I was like, I should jump. And that's when I realized, I was like, whoa, I could really do that. Like, like I you really thought about it. Really oh, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I wasn't gonna do it, but I, like, that was the first time I was like, this is a solution. And, like... I, that I wanted to, and then I had that thought many, many times, and it became soothing. Don't do that, try, 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 baby. Don't do that, you got a good thing going on. Don't do it, don't do it. Everybody, welcome to Ari Shafir's Captain Think. I'm Ari Shafir. Episode 240. I realize right now, as I'm doing this, I should have saved this episode for Halloween week. Dumbass. What's today? The 12th. Yeah, I should. 19th, 20th. I should have done it for 26th. It's all about suicide. It's a live podcast. I don't know what to do for live podcasts. If you listen to podcasts, you know a lot of podcasts do live episodes. They do it in front of a crowd. But my podcast, no, you know, better or worse on it, but it just doesn't really work for in front of a live audience. But these festivals always try to get me to do it because they feel like, you know, it's another thing to do clubs, comedy clubs, I'm not trying to get me to do it on Saturdays or Sunday in the afternoon. But I don't know, man. Then you gotta find a guest in the town and you also gotta do a live podcast. So there's a few episodes I've done that totally would work in front of an audience. Episode 101, I think, 102. Jerking it. No, Going Blind was with Tom Segura, all about masturbation. That probably would have worked in front of a live Audience, I don't think there were parts of that that we like got like in depth about uh, uh, some of the Danish and O'Neill episodes. That probably would have been good. Um, yeah, I don't know, somewhat, but others wouldn't. The Doug Benson episode about chicks who hurt us—that wouldn't go over. No way. No way. Even with those fun asides we had at the comedy, the patio, the comedy store, there's no way that would go over well at a live show. But my thought was, you know, everything's an ongoing process. You try to develop and learn new technique. And uh, I was like, well, let me experiment. Let me see what will work as a live podcast. I figure, you know, it's got to be some, some some more of a silly topic. But then, as I think about it, I'm like, why? Why does it have to be a silly topic? So let's... I figured let's get something. I don't know. Let's let's try the regular podcast in front of a live audience. Let's try the, just the real podcast, how it would be, and see what it would be like in front of a live audience. So Chris Gethard is going to be in Toronto. And Chris Gethard told this really great story about on, on my on my storyteller show in Montreal. And this is not happening in Montreal. About suicide, and the more I found out, the more I know that I found out this whole hour now is, is pretty much about suicide. So I went to see if he could do it, and then once he said he was in, got two more people, 
Nikki Glazer and Allison Dore, and uh, and we're off to the races. It was interesting trying to find people because I only wanted people that have had some experience with suicidal thoughts, but I didn't want anyone that was suicidal right now. I wanted someone just to describe it from an outside point of view because I thought we can make this funny. It's four comics talking. Let's. It'll be funny. We don't have to take it lightly, but we can still make it funny. We don't have to give it, I don't know, some sort of a level of respect that we can't, you know, laugh about it. Um, so it was fun to ask me. I asked Michelle Wolf, like, you ever had suicidal thoughts? And she's like, no. Uh, I asked Christina Walkinshaw, and she was like, I only smile. I'm like, yeah, I know, but I thought maybe, I was hoping maybe you just covered it up with that smile. Um... And then Kathleen told me about Allison Dore. Um, and I asked Nikki, too, like, you ever think about suicide? And she was like, sure, exclamation point. So then I was like, hey, can you do my show? Um, anyway, I got these four people, these four comics, and, and we all sat around and talked about suicide. And at the end of it, I don't know if it was the right move or not, but I don't mind it. I don't mind having tried something. I don't mind having tried something different for a live podcast. So, we did. Um, I liked it. It was fun. Enjoy, you guys. Here we go. Uh, I'm going to be in, in uh, Australia. I'm leaving tomorrow. Going to Melbourne, the, the 15th, 16th, 17th. That 15th show may have been pushed. So, it's just the 16th and 17th in Melbourne. I, I didn't remember hearing about that. But somebody said they got an email saying it was th the Thursday show was canceled, so I'm not sure. Um, but the 18th in Brisbane, tickets are both available for both those places. And then uh, Sydney was all sold out, so they moved venues to the Friday night show. So check your ticket. It's in a different place now. And there are now more tickets available because we went to a bigger theater. I've never sold out a, a weekend that far in advance. It's crazy. So, if you got aced out Sydney, now there's a chance. And then I'm going straight from there to Calgary, November 5th, 6th, 7th, and then back to New York. Um, oh, my storyteller show went great, you guys. I haven't talked to you since then. I'm so worn out. I'm so worn out from doing it. Tons of mental energy for the three days to put all the shows together. And then three days after that, me, I, me and Tomzik just shot the crazy openings. They're great this year. Those openings are great, but I just had to give them my body and be like, whatever, dude, do what you want. And the crazy special effects and, oh, oh man. Uh, anyway, and the stories were fucking sick. Jim Brewer, fucking sick. Henry Rollins, sick. Just really great. <coughs> anyway, so congratulations to me. All right, let's start the episode. Yeah. Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank, episode 240. Death Wish, because uh, that relates to the suicide. And also, uh, it's a death wish to do suicide as a topic at a live podcast. Double meaning. With Chris Gethard, Nikki Glazer, and Allison Dore. Allison Dore runs a show on Sirius in Canada. And... Uh, Chris Gethard has a Chris Gethard show that you can see on YouTube and also it's on Fuse or Fuel but check them out they're all on YouTube they're fucking weird if you're ever 
high or tripping or something. I did acid yesterday with Joey Diaz. That's why I'm a little tired too. Joey Diaz made me do acid. And people go, what do you mean he made you do acid? What I mean is, he said, we're doing acid Sunday night. And I said, like last Sunday night, I was like, dude, I can't. I got to shoot my show the next day. And then he goes, okay, the next Sunday night. And you're like, okay, I don't have a valid excuse why I can't. So let's do some fucking LSD. It's heavy, though. Huh. Anyway, all right. And then Nikki Glazer has her own show coming out on Comedy Central. So check all them out. They're all funny comics. Goodbye, everybody. Christopher Malley went out on a bridge down in Chehalis. Clutching his Bible and letter from her fell into the river. Pity no one was there. No angels in the air And the morning paper ran One more suicide Yeah His mama stayed by the riverside From him to crying, Standing, no one was there, no angels in here, and the morning Series about it. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Chris Gethin from the Chris Gethin Show, uh, Nikki Glazer from the Nikki Glazer Show, and Allison Dore from the Allison Dore Show. I don't really have shows called that. I don't know, guys, say whatever you want. You guys are really good at applauding, by the way. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> Who was just here watching Nikki Glazer's last show? <laughs> That's cool.
cool. They were riveted to their chairs. Yeah, I'm, I'm appreciative. It's going to wear off Thank halfway through. Yeah. I got Munchies. Thank you. I made the girl inside Munchies take a picture. If you've been in Munchies, they have, like, celebrity pictures up in the wall where they're just like, don't. Like, they're just like, I'm trying to enjoy my Munchies. And they're, like, all over the wall. And I'm like, that's, like, my goal for my career is to get on that wall. And so I made the girl that's working the cashier take a picture of me, and I just was just like, <laughs> so I was like, will you print it up and like put it on? And she was like, meh. So go were? in there. I told her. Okay. So now she knows. <laughs> so, yeah. That's yep. nice. Yeah. By the way, this was the hardest podcast I've had to book because I've had to, I just had to go up to a bunch of people. Like, have you ever thought about killing yourself? Yeah, you texted me two days ago. And you were like, have you thought about suicide? And I was like, sure. Do you guys remember the first time you ever thought about suicide? Let's start there, maybe. I, I remember being in like grade school and leaving a suicide note out on my table so people would find it in like sixth grade, maybe. People being your parents? No, no, my co my my co students. <laughs> what are they called? Fellow fellow students. Fellow students, yeah. Classmates. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then no one saw it because I wasn't that popular, so I would have to, like, uh, erase the date and then rewrite the date <laughs> over and over again. What did you, how old were you? Uh, I think sixth grade, sixth or seventh. Dude, that's so sad. Yeah, well, you know, no one ever found it. But you weren't really planning on it. You just kind of wanted to do the Zach Morris, like, see what your funeral would be like. Like, see what people would, like, how they would respond if you were going to do it. Yeah. What did you do with Zach Morris? Zach Morris, like, he, like, went back and, I don't know why it relates to that. But, like, you just want to see what your own funeral would be like. Like, more so, But that's the, clo- right. that's the closest you can get to it is, like, having people think you're going to kill yourself. And then how they, like, come to save you, and they're, like, so sad. I'm, like, don't do it. That's, like, the closest you can have. Yeah, 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 yeah. You get it. Yeah, I get it. Mine actually is not that far off yours, because uh, I, I remember in high school, I was in, like, grade 10, and in the cafeteria, I decided to write my will. And, <laughs> yeah, and in grade 10, I had nothing. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember one thing in the will was my Tasmanian devil necklace. <laughs> like, I'm not. It was him. Everyone's like, that's cool. It was yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who'd you and, give it to? Uh, yeah, actually, that one kind of started a fight. A lot of people wanted that. So I went to high school with a bunch of losers. But um, I don't remember who ended up getting it in the end. But that was the first time I was like a death for attention, kind of. Um, that was, again, not serious thinking about it, but I was like, if I was dead, what would everybody think? Right. And uh, the response was, yeah, nobody cared that much. <laughs> it's because you're tough at faking it. It's yeah. great. Some people are like, we don't believe you. We see right through it. Yeah. Maybe. What about you, Chris? Uh, let's see. I started getting really depressed uh, probably around my fifth, sixth, seventh grade. Really? That early? Yeah. You didn't have a childhood. No. And I remember being in, I was in eighth grade, and my brother was already in high school, and friends of his came over, and I was in our backyard, and I was so visibly depressed in eighth grade that one of his friends walked over and was like, hey, uh, it, it'll, it'll be okay. Like, I was solicited, this person I didn't know. And that was really the first time that I realized, like, oh, this is abnormal. Like, there's something really off about this. And then in ninth grade, 
I actually brought a razor to school because I planned on killing myself in the bathroom. But the bad part was I didn't really understand the mechanics of what it meant, like a bring a razor. Yeah. Dollar Shave Club? What's that? Did you get, did you use Dollar Shave Club for your razor? I, I brought like a Bic. I brought like a, a Bic razor. I brought like a disposable Bic razor. Not Harrys.com. Oh man, I should actually ask him to sponsor this one. <laughs> Wait, sh- did you? So what did you do? Did with you do it? Yeah. Well, I went. What was happening was I was. Oh yeah, I guess he didn't do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I lost the story. Um, no, it was weird. I'm already feeling a very weird thing with this conversation, which is we are comedians and this has to be funny, but. I felt like I was opening up really vulnerably there, and then it became like a Dollar Shave Club bit, which I don't have a problem with. I'm really sorry. It's what like, we I, do. I questioned saying it because I'm like, this no, is a tense a- moment. We're not great friends. But um, you could see, you could see it did. I, but I was like, it's too good. But it's. But I, this is more. This is more my hesitation. I was like, do they have Dollar Shave Club in Canada? That was more that was hesitation. More what you were, being like, you were like should I? Do? Should I? Is it appropriate <laughs> to maybe have these Canadian? Okay, so I do want to hear. So you were eighth grade. I thought it's like okay, we've all gone over depression at some point in our lives, so it's like we know what it is already. So now we can fuck around and have fun. Yeah, no, for sure. It's just um, I think I was the first one who was uh, blindsided by comedian behavior, (laughs) which is totally fine. I'm not judging it. It's literally what we do. Every once in a while, you're opening up, and then Nikki Major says burn, and you look over, and she's eating fucking fro yo. Every once in a blue moon, that's going to happen. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I, uh, I was being bullied really bad by this kid, Scott, and uh, he was throwing food at me every day in the lunchroom, and I was telling teachers and shit. Just nothing was happening. And I fought him. I got in a fist fight with him, and he was significantly fucking bigger than me. And uh, I got yelled at as much as he did, and then he kept going, and I was like, I'll fucking show him. So my plan was to uh, go cut my wrists open and then write, like, Scott, this is your fault. Oh. On the bathroom wall. But I just had, like, a single-blade disposable Bic plastic razor. Like, I didn't understand that a razor blade is different than, like, what my a brother shaver. used to shave his fucking <laughs> yeah. dirt lip in 10th grade with. So I was, like, desperately trying to hack away. And I bled a little bit, but I got... Uh, so they were still in the thing, so you are just, like, shaving your wrist? Yeah, I basically was shaving my my 14-year-old wrist. Is that why you have such thick red hair now? Because yeah. you shaved earlier? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it must have cut you a little bit. A little bit, yeah. It scratched me up a little bit, but it didn't really get anything going. Not enough to really stick it to that guy, Scott. Could you, could you write anything on the wall? No, the there wasn't nearly enough oh. for any actual writing. And it, it was one of those, you know, I was in ninth grade. So pretty early into it, I was like, this fucking stings, man. Like. This ain't good. And then, but I'll never forget, I've never talked to my brother about this, but we were waiting for the bus that day. We were with a friend of his, and it fell out of my bag. And she was like, oh, you're going to kill yourself? And I was like, Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Like on the inside, I was like, someone please help me. <laughs> yeah. But I never, I didn't seek that help, nor would I, for close to 10 more years. How many times did you really try? I really tried, uh... For real, once. And then there are probably two or three other things that were pretty danger, danger zone, yeah. Like parachuting, but like, oh, wait, the extra four seconds. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. The extra uh, adrenaline rush yeah. of extreme Pull sports. No, mm, oh, yeah. Wow. One for real. One for real time. And then a couple, a couple other things that were like cry for help moments. I heard in deviant sociology they said that uh, suicide attempts are completely related, different than suicides, because they're almost always cries for help. Yeah. Otherwise, you would get it done. That's the That's fucking textbook. Point. I'm not, I don't know. My first time was when I was in eighth grade, and I was on a Girl Scout trip with uh, a bunch of my friends. And the weekend before that, my parents had been out of town, and I, my dad worked for uh, the cable company in town, and so we had free cable and free pay-per-view. And the weekend before, they were out of town, and I, um, I discovered what their password was, so I typed it in, and I would, like, watch porn all weekend. Oh, and, like, all weekend, just, just like, and I, I, I didn't touch myself. I was just, like, absorbing it and just learning. And I... Why? I, I don't masturbate now. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but I uh, I think someone said lie. Maybe not. I'm very defensive. So, um, like, what you say? But, uh, so I just watched all day, and I told my friends, my best friend, Laura, I was like, I told her probably at school on Monday or something. And, um, and then she told me on this Girl Scout trip the next weekend, she was like, I told Brittany Burke that you watch porn all weekend. And Brittany Burke was the most popular girl in my school because her name was Brittany Burke. And uh, it just sounds like the most. So she was. And her, no, like, it, I had such shame about watching it because I just thought I was such a freak because I did it. And I was like, oh, my God, like, she's going to tell all the popular boys. And everyone's going to know that I watch porn all weekend. So I remember we were at this, we were ahead in Branson at uh, this shitty hotel, and there was a balcony, and I, like, went out, and I was like, I'm just going to, like, I can't live with the repercussions of what this could mean for me if someone finds out I watch porn. So I was like, I should jump. And that's when I realized, I was like, whoa, I could really do that. Like, like I you really could, thought about it. Really oh, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I wasn't going to do it, but I, like, that was the first time I was like, this is a solution. And, like... I, that I wanted to, and then I had that thought many, many times, and it became soothing. Isn't it so thought. soothing? It's so helpful to where, like, I, I daydream about suicide. Yeah, it really is. Like, I, 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 um, yeah, I comfort myself sometimes when I'm really depressed, but now I'm on Zoloft, so I don't need to do that anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to run, uh, like, big blades just by, like, just by my wrist just to, like, feel the feeling. Like, I don't know if I wanted to, I could just put some pressure on yeah. What was the one time that you really tried? I crashed a car on purpose. Holy no, shit! That. What's that? I used to think about that all the time. Slamming into a tree. Yeah, I was driving, and I it was like I realized I was going to be in an accident with this pickup truck, and I was like, in my head, I was like, oh, I should hit the brakes, and then I was like, nah, and just went with it. So I just knew it was going to look like a car crash if it went successfully, and it was pretty bad. Did you hit him head on behind him? No, I sideswiped him, and then he sent me into a wall. Because it was, like, in the suburbs of New Jersey, so it was, like, in a neighborhood that was on a hill. So all the driveways had these concrete retaining walls. So I hit that wall, went up on this lawn. I talk about this in my show. I've made comedy out of this. But for some reason right now, it doesn't feel uh, funny in the slightest. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I crashed the car. The door was all caved in and shit. It was just right there, and you're like, oh, opportunity. Which one for? Yeah, I mean, I was, I was like, so, I was, like, living this life where it was just fucked up. Like, 
I was a full-time college student. I wanted to drop out. Totally miserable and depressed there. I had found UCB, started going there, and that was, like, my safe haven. But that meant, like, I was driving from New Jersey or taking trains from New Jersey to New York every night and also working full-time and also a full-time college student. I'm exhausted. My job, I had to go to this warehouse. And I'll never forget, like, I was so exhausted and worn out that I went to sleep on top of a box in the warehouse. And I just woke up, and I was like, this is fucking pathetic. Like, what is this life? And then I was driving home from the warehouse, and this truck, he, like, put on his blinker like he was going to turn, and then he kept going, and it was like a stutter step. And I wound up next to him, and I was like, I'm going to hit this fucking guy. I think I want out, man. So I just went with it. Just real fast. Didn't even try to turn. Yeah, it was pure, It was impulsive. It wasn't planned. It wasn't like I set out that day to be like, I'm going to die. It was more like I woke up and I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? I'm sleeping on top of a box because I just can't live a normal life. And, uh, yeah, just crashed into this truck and sent me into a wall. It was bad. And then he got out of the car and tried to fight me. He was, like, telling me to get out of the car. But I was in total shock. So he's like, get the fuck out of the car. And I was like, I'm sorry, I can't. Like, totally calm. But I think he took that like I was fucking with him. But it was really just shock. And he's like, why? Why? Get the fuck out. And I was like, well, the doors caved in, man. I can't get out of the car. And he was like, I said, get the fuck out of the car. And then I was like, are you okay? And he was like, what? And I was like, I hit you with the car. Are you okay? And I think because I was so calm, he really thought I was like, trying to rub something in. So he was, like, trying to get into the car and fight me. And then this guy, we were on the front lawn of this house. My car was totaled, never drove again. On the front lawn of this house, and this guy's trying to open my door and fight me. And the guy who lived in the house came running out. I was like, dude, stop. He's a kid. Leave him alone. And then the most fucked up part of this day, uh, even, I would say even more fucked up than the car crash, is the dude who I hit. I don't know why he, like, got out of there. He left the scene. He... Really? Once the dude calmed him down, he just left. I don't know. To this day, I've never known why. Like, he might, maybe he didn't have a license or something, or maybe he had tickets or something. He just got out of there. He didn't have to. Like, it was my fault, for sure. I did it on purpose. Uh, <laughs> it's like, if I can't fight, I don't want to be a part of this. <laughs> it's weird, but then I got up. The guy, the guy who rescued me, he helped me out of the car, and he's like, you okay, man? And I was like, thanks, dude. Like, you saved me. And, like, it really meant it. It was, like, this real... I was so fucked up. I had, like, just crashed a car and almost gotten beat up. I was just, like, in total shock. And I'm like, you saved me. And he put his hand on my shoulder, and he nodded. And he goes, that's all right, man. I wasn't going to let a nigger beat up a white kid. And I was like... What? So I'm just like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, stand there. I'm 21 years old on, the, on this front lawn at Clifton, New Jersey. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, thanks again. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks again. What the fuck is this day, man? That was the worst part by far. It's like I owed this racist my life that I had tried to throw away. <laughs> Isn't it sad that that's the punchline? It's so... The way you told that is so good. Otherwise, the story would go nowhere. Thank God for his racism. Because I didn't know the guy was black. I'm sorry. I was boring you the whole rest of the time. Yeah, no. Yeah. That was great. It was bad. That was the... Were you hurt? I had the fucking... I don't know how it was. The door was totally caved in, like jagged metal and shit. Like, if I... I'm not kidding. Like, if, I, if my body had gone like this more, it would have just sliced me across the stomach. Oh. Um, but really, all I had was just a seatbelt bruise, like the, a bruise in the shape of a seatbelt that was there for, like, 
way too long. Like one of those bruises that's like yellow, then it's green, then it's brown. You look like a domestically abused Miss America. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I would never want to go for the pain way out. I'd want to do something yeah, really easy. I, I, I'm the same way. I feel like people who jump or like in front of a train, I'm, I'm fascinated by it, but I think I'd want it to be pretty quick. Train seems like that would work, though. No, that would hurt. Like, people survive train, like, when trains More people yeah. die. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it's, it could be slow, though. It could be slow. Because sometimes you get wrapped up and you spin and you, your body spins, but then your torso, the bottom half of your torso stays put, so you just are spun. As soon as they take the cart out, then you die. That is what happened one time. It was in, like, nine different TV shows. But it, could, but it was it on Law and Order. It was on Homicide. No, yeah, I've, I've actually uh, talked to some uh, guys, like the um, MTA. I've talked to some guys. They've seen it? And, uh, okay. No, I've, MTA uh, guy told me, like, that's what happens in most of them. Whoa. Is that the train is keeping you alive? The tra- right? Yeah, like oh, the train right. just wraps you up in, like, and, like... I did have an ex who saw that once, to be fair. What? I had an ex that was on a train in New York. And first of all, too, like, living in New York, we live there, you live there until recently... You also just, like, get to a sad place where someone kills himself by jumping in front of a train, and you're like, motherfucker, it's going to take me nine more minutes to get home. Yeah. You fucking asshole. You yeah. fucking asshole. Like, that's the reaction. Yeah. Like, How do you tell people, like, come on, let's, all right, let's get the train going again. we got to kill this guy so we can move on. My ex was once on a train, and it was like, we were skipping West 4th Street. We were skipping West 4th Street, and that was where she was getting off, and she was like, fuck. And when she drove by... Everybody looked at the window. She just heard the cars in front of her going, like, ah, ah, ah. She just heard it, and when she looked out, there was just a fucking intestines everywhere. Oh. I've been there. The <laughs> like, I've walked on there. there are intestines <laughs> yeah, the West Fourth stuff. Yeah. yeah, they just put some salt down and move on with their lives, huh? <laughs> <That's nuts. laughs> yeah, this girl recently committed suicide in New York. She was... Um, a Hasidic Jew and she like felt like so much pressure from her family and she was estranged from them and she went to the top of this building that has like the best like bar on top of a building in Manhattan I don't know if that's a thing but it's like this trendy bar and she went to the top and there was like a party going on like a private party and she just ran through the party dropped her bag and jumped off and, like, I, I'm fascinated by suicide yeah. because I've thought about it so much. So, like, I went to the site and, like, saw – like, it's just – I just want to, like, kind of – I'm kind of obsessed with her now. How high up was it? How what? How, how high up was it? I think it was, like, 20 stories. That would do it for sure. Definitely, yeah, yes. more than four, my man. Anything four? more than four. You've done the research? <laughs> yeah, I've done the research. <laughs> Anyway, even if you're going to, like, no. dirt or lawn or something, four In New York it? City, if you're hitting concrete, right. four up. Jesus. Yeah. Um, that puts a lot more things in This audience, I'm feeling, what? I'm sensing some genuine concern for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I promise. I'm good. I'm good. I keep thinking, like, I better have a good showing on this because this will be the podcast everyone's like, if I do do it someday, they're like, you got to listen to her on this. <laughs> so, like, i got to yeah. be fucking funny. But I'm not going to do it. I, I think you get to a point where you just, like, I promised myself I wouldn't. It's like how I, like, quit drinking. I'm like, I'm never going to do this again. I'm, like, white-knuckling it because, like, it's just a shitty thing to do to your friends and family. I think that's the bo- that's what's stopping me from it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and, and the fact that I, like, I'm on medication, so I don't want to. Oh, yeah, yeah. But if I did want to, I don't think I would because... That'd be what stops you. Yeah. For me, it's just cowardice. What about you? 
You know what? I that and that, totally. When I was 23, I had a nervous breakdown. And, like, now you're supposed to call them major depressive disorders, but I feel like nervous breakdown sounds more fabulous. And um, so that was, like, my big, like, from, from about twi- 23 to about 25 was, like, my big bad time where, like, I had to quit work and move back with my parents and sleep 18 hours a day and then, like, drink and do drugs the other six. And um, looking back, it wasn't a bad life. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's so weird. You know, well, like, I was in that description. I was like, wait, that's not great. Um, but, it, um, and that was just, uh, that, like, I spent a lot of time thinking about smashing cars into the walls and, and I thought methods a lot and stuff like that because it was just, I couldn't imagine getting better. Right. And so when you are that depressed and like hope is gone and all that kind of stuff, it's yeah, you're like, do I, I can't live like this for the rest of my life. And then mercifully, like I have an amazing doctor and I found the right combination of drugs. And now I'm in a place where, oh, I don't like it's, it's never an option for me anymore. You know what I mean? And I hope I never go back to that place. But that's, I think that's the scary part is that you get to a point, like, now I'm like, no, I'm, I'm solid. I consider myself in remission, kind of, because I can, I can live in the world. I can cope, right? I'm a productive member of society, uh, sort of. But um, I, every now and again, I'm like, what if I go back to that place? Because it's the worst place. It's, sorry, I brought it down. But yeah, you, ever, you ever get, like, depressed over, like, regular... Like the other kind of depression was just like feeling blue. Yeah. But for like a day and a half, it's like, oh man, is it, are we right back in this? Yeah. Or is this just going to pass as soon as the sun comes out? That freaks me out all the time. I, I got depression in high school, and I, my dad would always be like, you're just in a funk. Go for a walk. That's like the most annoying thing. Uh, yeah. Just you to take a ride, walk around the block. You'll be fine. Yeah. Because I remember lying in my bed. Uh, no, it's it won't be fine. Like, I yeah. can't even go to the fridge. <laughs> My therapist recently told me, she was, like, kind of bragging. She was like, I've never had a patient kill themselves. And I was just kind of like, I'll prove you wrong, bitch. Like, I just want to kind of, she's, I'm like, are you bragging right now? But, I mean, I guess you should as a therapist. She's a 70 years old, so that's a pretty good track record. But uh, but I'm kind of like, I want you to remember me. Uh, so that got me thinking about it again. <laughs> I went to high school. I went to high school with a girl who's kind of a famous case. Or she uh, she lit herself on fire. Whoa. Oh no, that's yeah, that's such a worst way to do it. The worst way to do it, right? The, the ways that are like huh. creepy. The ways that are like seem like actually murdering yourself uh. are the ones where I go, don't like people. You know what I mean? They're so violent against themselves that it's like that to me. I was always like, where can I get pills? How many pills? pills yeah, get? pills is such a good way to go. Yeah, yeah, I can track how fucked up I was. Because it's like, there were times where... <laughs> <laughs> like, there are times where I wanted to, like, crash a car and make it look like an accident. Yeah. And that was one level of depression. And then there was times where I was like, I'm going to cut my wrist so that people have to clean it up. And that's like <laughs> a whole yeah. other vindictive level of hatred. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where I can think about what my method of choice was in certain eras of life, and it's like, I'm like a fucking, like, sommelier of my own depression, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, that one had overtones of, uh, of, of this and that. That one, that one had some nutmeg accents, you know? 
pits of hatred towards yeah. my coworkers. This one was pure self-hatred. This one I just needed people to uh, to really cry and think about how tragic it was that I was gone. The fire thing. What was? Uh, how were you connected this girl, to that? Okay, so this girl, she was in my high school class, and we uh, she she was supposed to be the valedictorian. She's like the golden child, and then literally senior year, she freaked out. Sorry. That, oh, shut up. <laughs> really? Oh my God! Sorry. Oh, you said golden child, and it's fire's golden. Yeah, no, okay. I know. There was a brief part of me that was like, did I mention already that she was Korean? I thought you were doing a racist joke. Oh no, I would never do that. I love how they turned on me. <laughs> but she, she like freaked out senior year. Didn't take her finals. She just didn't take some finals, and all the teachers let her pass because they're like, oh, it's Liz. She's She's a genius. And this one guy, the science teacher, was like, I can't do that. So she came second place. And it was, like, shame for her. And she went to MIT and freaked out. This was, like, a pretty famous case. New York Times Magazine wrote, wrote all about it. She, like, freaked out, lost her mind. And they would, like, find her, like, wandering around shirtless and stuff. And then she put a bunch of candles under her bed and uh, and did it. And it was really fucked up. But I felt Candles so under her bed? Yeah. yeah. And she took fire? Bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, I mean, truly Whoa. fucked up. But I'll never forget hearing about it. And I was like, in. <laughs> so I joined marching band my junior year because the only girls who talked to me were already in marching band. So I was like, there's a whole social scene, and these are the only girls that pay any attention to me. And I'm not in there. And they're hanging out with all these other dudes who wear these fucking crazy uniforms, and they're with them all the time. Like, I'm missing the boat on this. So I played gong on the sideline. Not a joke. I didn't actually march in marching band. I played a fucking gong that was taller than I was on the sideline just so I could hang out with the marching band girls. Just that marching band post. And this girl, Liz, played um, vibraphone and keyboard on the sideline. And they knew I was a piece of shit. Like, I, they knew I was just there to talk to girls and, like, fuck around with my friends. But one of my jobs, they were like, you have to do some work. So, like, you have to dismantle your own gong. And then when Liz puts away the vibraphone, you got to roll up the extension cord for her keyboard. And I remember I used to just half-ass it. I'd just, like, take it in a big pile and throw it in the bin. And I remember her coming up to me, and she was like, you know, if you're going to do it that sloppy, you shouldn't do it at all. And I was like, sorry that I'm not up to your standard of perfection, Liz. Sorry that the world isn't as great as you are, Liz. And it's literally, like, the only conversation I ever had with her. And then two years later, it was like, oh, that girl... Herself on fire because she couldn't attain perfection, and I was like, "Oh man, hope I wasn't the Johnny Appleseed that played at that, played at that idea." And I'm like, oh shit, fuck! I hope I wasn't the one first cracking that damn. That is such a romantic way to do it. But yes, yeah, she was Korean, Nikki. So what? <laughs> Golden Child was Chinese. I have, no, I just, I, I'm, I apologize for that sad, that joke that I made. But I, I think that we have to keep this a little bit light. Of and course. I'm, okay, thank you. I'm working my hardest. No one to liked not. it. It wasn't a great joke, but I'm not an evil person. My, I, one of my uh, friends in, in high school killed himself my senior year, uh, and it was because it was crazy because. My best friend since fourth grade, he was in love with her. And the week, he did it on a uh, Sunday night. And Saturday night was our friendship dance, which was like homecoming. And my best friend went with him because they were like, they were friends. But he was in love with her and she was just like, you know, not into him. And what is that? That's what friendship dance is? You just go with like 
No, you were supposed to, to go with someone you like, but like they went because they didn't have other dates, and like it was just yeah, you kind of just it's called friendship dance. But they went together. I went with someone, and then I ended up with them and another guy and this guy at the the guys my the, my friend's date's house, and we were it was the first time I ever like drank in high school. I was senior. And a uh, loser. And uh, <laughs> I was, like, kind of tipsy. And we were up in his attic room. It was the first time I'd ever been up there. I just He was, like, a friend from just school. And I also knew him as the guy that was in love with Kirsten. And so we were up in his room, and um, we were playing Truth or Dare. And uh, at one point, uh, it was my turn, and I was like, David, Truth or Dare? And he was like, Truth. And I was like, what's your biggest fear? And I swear to God, he was just like, nothing. And I was like, okay. So there's that memory. And then uh, after we played it. Dark. Uh, but that's like a cool, that's a weird thing. That's kind of ironic that that was our conversation. Well, listen. So then. Come on, no fears. So then he brought, he had the shirt on. And so then he. <laughs> so it was real. And, um. So then, I'll try to make this quick. So then he brings out a gun that he just got for his birthday. His birthday was the Friday before that. And he had, like, this shot. I don't know what guns are, but I hate them, and I've always hated them. And so I saw it, and I was just like, because I just don't trust myself around them almost, you know? So I was just like, please put that away. And he's like, it was a hunting rifle. And um, my f- other friend, the other guy that was there, was, like, kind of knows David and was like, why do you have that? And he was like, oh, it's, I'm going to go hunting with my stepdad. My stepdad got it for me for... My birthday. I just remember being like, please put that away. And like turning to person, like, can you please put that away? And so then we, we left. David, the guy, drove us home. It was Kirsten in the front seat, David driving. I was in the back seat. And they were, he was driving me and Kirsten to my house. And I was in the back seat. And he was like, and it was just quiet. And they were presenting like I wasn't there. And David was like, Kirsten, I love you. And she was like, David, I know. I'm so, I just don't feel the same. And she, he's like, but I love you. And she's like, I just like you as a friend. And I, this had happened before, this kind of conversation, and then he would leave, like, a weird thing on her front porch or something, you know. What? Like, like a dead cat or, like, no, it would just, he would just leave, like, a letter or something, you know, like a flower or something on her front porch, and it would just be like, oh, God damn it, just, like, come on, get over it. So then he dropped us, and, and she was just like, I can't. He's just like, well, I, I can't. Like, I love you. And she was just, and so we dropped off, and he seemed, like, okay with it. And I remember going inside and making a bowl of cereal, and we were talking. I was like, I wonder what he's going to do on Monday. Like, what kind of crazy thing he's going to leave in your locker or whatever. And she was just like, God, I know. It's so weird. So then we go to school on Monday. David's not there. And uh, I go to like check in for this free period I had where you sign in and this girl that like didn't know that I knew him just like like walked up and she was like did you hear David kill, David Kennecker killed himself and I want to say his name because he, this was in 2001 and there's no records of him online or anything like it's like he just is erased from the world and I think I I, 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 I think your name should still exist somewhere and I, he, he wasn't a bad person but he he shot himself uh, that Sunday but that also that morning, Kirsten, uh, it, I, I've skipped ahead, but Monday that morning, I was like, Kirsten, did David do anything? She's like, he's not here, but like, he left a like CD in my front door with a, the corsage from the friendship dance, like taped on it. And, uh, and I was like, did you listen to the CD? And she's like, no, I didn't. I'll do it later. So then I'm, I'm, wa- I hear, she goes, do you know David Kennecker shot himself? And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, isn't that crazy? Like, she was just one of these, like, dumb girls. I was just like, isn't that weird? And I was like, oh, my God. And so I started sprinting to where I knew Kirsten's classroom was. And in 
while I was sprinting, I saw our principal, who was the father of my other best friend, the one who told Brittany Burke about the porn. And uh, you remember her. And uh, he was like, Nikki. And I was like, is it true? And he's like, please come with me. And so then we got cursed out of class, and we go to the uh, principal's office, and there's cops there. And uh, they're like, David Kenneker killed himself. And Kirsten's just like, you know, writhing on the floor, like crying. And they started questioning me about, like, you were with them this weekend. Did you see anything? And I was like, no, I don't, because I was drunk. I didn't really remember all the moments, you know. You kind of just, like, bl- it blurs over. And they were like, he was like, did he show you a gun? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, is this it? And they showed me the Polaroid of him, his hand, and the gun, like, with oh, a blood no. splatter. And I was like, yes. And I was like, I cried. My mom came up to school, and my mom has no empathy. So she was just like, I don't even know this guy. And... She was like, I've never even met him. Why are you crying? And so we went over to Kirsten's house, and Kirsten put on the CD. It was Ben Harper's uh, song. God, what was the fucking song? I listened to it a lot. It, uh, it's a really slow song. No, it's a really – no, that's a good one, though. But it's – um. Check out Ben Harper. This is really just an ad for Ben Harper. Uh, really weird way to get to it. But it was a really sad – what was it? It was like three words. I forget it. Be- no, not burn one down. <laughs> I think someone said it, but it, it was my story. It was always have to steal my kisses from you, and um, no, it. And so we listened to it, and I just remember her like. Uh, the, the song starts out. We have ho- both been here before, knocking upon love's door, waiting it. for someone to let us in, knowing we we can't agree to keep each other company. I was hoping you were going to say it was just forever, beloved one, beloved one, beloved one. (laughs) That's the song. But anyway, so she was crying, and I just remember looking at my mom and her just being like, my mom's just like, I don't understand this, and like just was not putting up with it. And then I went home that night, and by the way, Kirsten is fine now, but like she was not fine for so long because the note said pretty much like. I can't live without you. And then they found um, a receipt for the scotch tape that he bought to tape the flower on. It was the last purchase he made at, like, 3 in the morning from a Walgreens. He delivered it, and he went home. And he sh- he lived near a train, and the train went over, and he shot himself uh, when the train went over. So it was a stepdad from here. Yeah. And um, so, but, yeah, it was weird after that because... My best friend had just lost her friend and been kind of blamed for it. And so she that sent her onto a spiral. September 11th had just happened. There was a lot of fucked up things that happened. Like it was that in September and then November it was this. And then I developed an eating disorder like right away. And I was put in the hospital. Like uh, I was hospitalized for that a couple of months later. So it's like it was it, – it, I saw how it impacts people's lives. And it like literally ruined my friend for many years. And um, – but I just remember the night it happened, eating tomato soup and just crying. And my mom was like, I don't even know that. Get over it. Like, literally said that. And I, uh, yeah, so that's why I am who I am. And because I have a mom like your, that. What would you guys leave as your note if you had to put a note out? Like current day me? Yeah, maybe. Back then me. Yeah, maybe now. I mean, it depends if you want to try to. That seems like she was trying to get at her. Yeah. There's no doubt it was shitty, but he was a kid, you know. Richard Jenny canceled all his road dates. Really? That's, like, thoughtful. Went to the bathtub, so it's, like, easier to clean up. 
Yeah. I would that's do nice. it that way. Yeah, that's nice, man. At this point, I would like leave money for the maid. You would? Yeah, like, do it in a hotel. At this point, I think the only time I really think about killing myself, it's more like resigned. I still get depressed, but I don't take it that far. But at, so there are certain points where I'm like, why the fuck is the human lifespan this long? Like, why did we do this? Why did we invent all this fucking medicine? Because now I have to live till I'm 80? That sucks. Like, everything cool I've wanted to do and see, I've done. And I gotta live for fucking 45 more years? This sucks. It's more logistical than anything else at this point. But this sucks. My knees already hurt. I can't fucking, like, I play basketball with my friends. I can't run or jump anymore. I fucking got Netflix, bro. But you know. <laughs> But if we didn't have medicine, I'm 35 oh, yeah. years old. If we didn't have medicine, like if Earth was dictating how it went down, I'd be a grandfather and dead. I'm 35. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'd have, I'd have a grandkid. I'd be dead. 35. That's what it's supposed to be. I should be elderly. I should be on death's door. My, my grandma's at death's door, and they won't give her pain pills for her sciatica because they think she's going to kill herself. But she's like this devout Catholic woman. And my mom is like, she will not kill herself. She's like, just get, she wants to like, treat the pain. And then it, it reminded me that this is a pretty interesting story. Like at the turn, I think it was around the turn of the century. A lot of women like were just depressed because it was like a shitty time to be a woman or a person. And they, uh, it was maybe not the turn of the century. It was probably even before that. I don't know what it was. Olden times and uh, like the forties. And um, it uh, no. And these women wanted to kill themselves, but they couldn't because if you kill yourself, you go to hell, right? And they definitely believed that. So they found a loophole. They would kidnap babies that were newborns before they had been um, baptized or like maybe after whatever it means when you like do, oh, what? and they Where would throw a go? baby they would literally throw a baby off a cliff or they would kill this baby in like a way that was just like fast because a baby is a baby and so it doesn't it doesn't have it has that original, original sin but sin. it has but it will go to heaven yeah. because it's been baptized or whatever. So these women would murder babies, then they would be sentenced to death, thus getting their suicide that they wanted right, to have. Death by cop. Yeah, oh, it's shit. fucking nuts. Well, it's not really a comedy show. Yeah, it's more serious <laughs> than that. <laughs> My podcast gets serious sometimes. This is a TED Talk, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did people not know what they were signing up for already? I think like half of them knew, and then half of them didn't. Yeah, it's a live podcast. My podcast gets serious sometimes, so I'm trying to see if we can get serious for our audience instead of goofy. I don't know that that was such, like, a sad story as it was, like, fucking fascinating, so you can yeah. suck a dick. And, uh, I don't think that that was, like, <laughs> leave. You don't need to heckle. Leave. That guy had the voice of, like, Droopy Dog from, uh, the cartoons. Oh, my God, comedy show. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. What, uh, <laughs> what would be like the worst way to go out? My best way would be pills or like a building or something, like easy peasy, but. I feel like I don't want to talk anymore. No, right. <laughs> that guy ruined it for me. I don't face. know. I don't want to bum people out, but it's like, I think, um, I don't know. I'm just, yeah. What were you going to say? I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, I was going to, I was going to, first of all, you say whatever you want. Um, be free in the world. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Sometimes, Can I also be sometimes free? life gets shitty and serious, and I love that when people are honest. It's my favorite thing. This is my favorite show of all time. Um, <laughs> but also the fire seems pretty shitty. 
the fires. Right? Who? Why? Kim, why? I just want to say to you, Nikki, I do think you should say whatever you want. You're an artist, and that's what we're here for. And also, people listening to this in the future can't see the sad visual of you poking at the remains of your frog. <laughs> trying to make jokes and they didn't go over. Then <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, be funnier, but... Like, which ones in particular? Also, you shouldn't feel bad. This, this madman dragged us into this. Yeah. I've turned this it's down so many times. <laughs> <laughs> she did. She was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I'm like, come on, just do it. They can't all be morning zoos, these podcasts. No, they can't. They can't all be like, favorite sexual position, Go. Can't you be like Pete Holmes, for God's sake? <laughs> God, can we get a laugh? Yeah. Can we get a fun golden retriever laugh? The big laugh to keep everything going? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lately, lately <laughs> probably her on top. Her on top? Is lately. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I, I tried to wait and let it rest, you know? Let him forget and then bring it back. You know? I like it. That was the, that was the I liked it. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, do you ever feel bad, Ari, when you when you offend people? Because yeah, sometimes. Do you feel? What do you like? I'm not a sociopath. Like I don't enjoy hurting people. And I don't think many comics are. Oh yeah. No offending people. Well, yeah, offending people. I, I, I like that. I'm kind of a troll. You like it? Yeah. They're like. Then I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, I mean, if it's over nothing, sure. Yeah, but what if it's not over nothing? What if, like, it's over what that guy, like, he's like, he, I feel like bad because he paid for a comedy show and he's just like, this is, this is. Yeah, but the fucking uh, walkway is lit up towards the exit side. Yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> they use the pass to get in here. You yeah, go. I'm an know. adult child of an alcoholic, so I want to make everyone feel bad or right. feel good. <laughs> that was weird. Uh,. But yeah, like I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't. Can I put out a theory? I think it's also that, and especially when you're a really emotional and sensitive person, you put yourself in their shoes. And then you imagine a time when you felt bad and you're like, this is probably how they feel. But it's probably not how he feels. But no, but I get that because I'm in the same way. Sure. I had an older comic when I started where I was like, you don't feel bad about just eviscerating hecklers. And they're like, no, they're assholes. They open up their mouths and try to derail the show. They get no benefit of like niceties. Yeah, I guess you're right. But you are a troll. Oh, yeah. Like, you get a weird pleasure. That's why I like that Nicole Arbor girl. You're a finest. Ew, you like her? She got so many people up in arms. Yeah, and now no one gives a shit about her. Like, it's, that was, I thought that was really bad. Yeah. I liked it. (laughs) At least she's, like, hot. Just, like, the result of it. All these people talking and being angry. You like like, when that happens. You like the, just, the... Frank, it's Frank. 
It's not a prank. She believes that. You don't think she believes that stuff? And even if she doesn't, it's a yeah. terrible mean prank. Do you know this video? Completely unfamiliar. Okay, it's a, a Canadian chick, a uh, comedian, and she... Uh, feel bad for fat people. That's a disease. Yeah, you, you choose to be fat. Uh, like, we should shame people who don't want to shame fat people. Like, it's like all about that. I don't, I don't think she does believe it, but here's the thing about her. She will do or say anything for attention, right? And so for a while, comedy worked, and then she has an album. It's a rap album. You all probably want to leave now and download it. Um, so, like, it's like whatever the next thing is, right? And so it, here's my issue with her. If she would be honest and go, all I care about is being famous. I'll do anything. I don't care. I'll say anything. Uh, like, to, not necessarily because then she's not getting clicks on her videos, but to other people she works with, I'd be like, okay, like, that's I don't get serious. it, but that's your thing. But she acts like, no, this, I really love rap. This is my dream in life. Uh-oh. And so, yeah, she's going to defend that video to the ends of the earth. I don't, I don't know, I, don't, I doubt she believes that. That's the problem. She gets this abuse for, for trolling, and then you have to, like, stick to it harder. Yeah. You could just be like, yeah, no, whatever, I just did it some afternoon. But then you have to, like, make it your cause. Yeah. You have to be like, I just don't think that. Like, she's, like, in the camera, like, doing all these, like, whatever. Like, she edited it. It oh, wasn't, yeah. like, a flippant thing she said in an interview. That's all those YouTube people. That's the same style they all fucking have. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know how we got on the subject of her. But, yeah, she doesn't feel bad. Oh, feeling bad. That's it. Yeah. 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 But I don't think that I'm like, oh, I'm such an empathetic person, although I really like your take on that. But I I really appreciated it. But I, I think it's almost like a shitty thing. Like, uh, people are entitled to their own feelings. I don't need to project mine onto them. I don't know. I haven't been in therapy in a while. And I just I need to figure it out. How many people in here have ever thought about suicide? Yeah, maybe hands is the right way to go there. You're the ones who did that. <laughs> right. Scarred up hands. <laughs> yeah, I think more people think about it than, than they're given credit for in media and stuff. Uh, uh, oh, for sure. Are you guys, you're on medicine. Yeah. Medicine. You guys? Well, Butrin and Lamictal. I love them. That's, yeah, Brody, yeah. that's Brody's favorite, Lamictal. Lamictal? Yeah. yeah, he loves it. Yeah, it's good. It's smooth, man. It goes out smooth. <laughs> are you? Are you? I was for a while, then I got off. I used to be on Risperdal. That was the most heavy-duty thing I was ever on. You ever heard of that? No, what's that too? Antipsychotic. Ooh. I, I used to be on that, too. It's heavy-duty, really? right? Yeah. I got put on one milligram, and later that day, I was like, oh, I don't think police are following me anymore. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Great. Why were they following you? I mean, in your head. In your head. I was going to say, like, were they really? Wait. <laughs> Well, you know about it, too. (laughs) No, I I used to, uh, I used to, any time I drove a car at night, this was probably from, like, 1999 to 2002, literally any time I drove a car at night, I would convince myself the car behind me was a cop who was about to pull me over. I would be completely convinced. I'd be, like, shaking with fear. Were you black? (laughs) (laughs) She's back. She is back. Dollar Shave Club is back. It's tough to smoke weed if you think a cop's about to follow you. Yeah, no, I was just in my head. Uh, but yeah, Rispert all solved that. I used to also never push the tape on the bus because I was convinced people would track me. The what? Like on the bus when you have to push the tape for your stuff. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah, yeah. And it lights up the stop requested. I wouldn't push that because I'd be like, no, then they can track you. 
And then in my own head, I'd be like, they, there is no they. They're not tracking you. Why I want to follow you? I wouldn't push it. Yeah, like, especially when I was, like, 19. Like, who the fuck is following me from the dining hall to my shitty house? I live with my six friends. Like, who's really keeping their eye on me? All right, he's back again. <laughs> Same as every day. Uh, he's going to go home and play some fucking Nintendo 64 and jerk off three times. Oh, fuck. <laughs> better keep our eye on it, man. One, s- one slice from Top House Pizza and then uh, see if any of his friends have weed. And then when they don't, he's going to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> What is it with comedians in fucked up mental states? Is that is that the normal? Like, are we just more honest about it? Or is I it think we're just more honest? honest. I don't. I don't like to be like we are so damaged. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I kind of think that also. Um, yeah, I think we're just more honest because we get used to, to talking. Like, like we talk about dicks and shit all the time, right? We're like whatever, yeah. nothing's taboo. But I think also making jokes out of things becomes a coping mechanism. Right? Because, like, that's... Man, when I first started doing comedy and then I got super depressed and bad things would happen... <laughs> Some fucking stoner. Where you mentioned weed. You mentioned it. And you see a fucking vape puff of smoke coming out. Oh, that's real. Oh, Some fucking addict in the front two rows. I can smell it. <laughs> Some guys getting baked while we talk about killing ourselves. <laughs> This is really a weird environment you set up, my man. And popcorn. There's a bunch of popcorn out here. I just hear the, the nibbling the whole time. I've never felt more like an animal on stage than I do now. Dude, there's Eating a popcorn behind smoking you. Smoking while they stare at us. I love that. If I can keep getting somebody to walk out angrily at every one of these live podcasts, I'm going to keep doing them serious. Yeah. <laughs> oh, go ahead. What were you going to say? <laughs> Before drugs interrupted oh, our yeah. go-game. Uh, I remember one time when I was super crazy depressed and I'm like bawling and everything's terrible and I some fucking asshole had broken up with me or whatever. Um, in retrospect, he had brown teeth, so it's dodging a bullet for me. Um, but uh, and and all of a sudden, a joke came into my mind. And I started writing it down, and I felt a little bit better. And I was like, and then I just wrote, like, and I was really new to comedy at this point, but then I just wrote a whole set making fun of him and his stupid face. And uh, and I stopped crying for a bit, you know? And so it's also like, because people, you know, whenever people are like, oh, too soon, that natural disaster just happened. Don't tell that joke. Oh, yeah, we want to tell it right away. That's how we process everything. Yeah. I also feel like... Because I started comedy, I started coming to New York to perform when I was 19, and I was, like, really in the shit. Like, there, there was, like, solid three years of me at my worst while I was performing. And I looked back and realized, like, oh, like, if I got on stage for 10 minutes, that was the 10 minutes where I felt like I was actually in control. The rest of my day felt like fucking chaos. And it's like, no, now I have a microphone, and you're listening to me, and I get to pick and choose what's being said and not said. And I'm actually dictating. I'm actually in control of my own life for these 10 minutes uh, yeah. and then when I get off stage it just goes back to being complete fucking chaos yeah whenever I break up with a girl whenever a girl breaks up with me uh, <laughs> I do feel terrible you had those 15 minutes around on stage it really is like oh this is gone for a minute yeah and then it sucks when I get off it's like oh that was the whoosh yeah. oh fuck I love naps now. I think those are... They're all lighting up. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a fucking Snoop Dogg video. 
<laughs> it's crazy in here. Okay, he's being talked to. Someone's being talked to. I think he's denying it. He's playing the telephone. Yeah, the the play like, by pass play. it down. Do this again. You're going to throw it out. Pass the it down. event staff is trying to locate who the flagrant, the most flagrant pothead of really all time. It is really impressive that you can't tell who did it, like, yeah. at all. Like, not even a little bit. Like, I'm trying to look at any of your faces. Like, it's... That was impressive. I right? Although, yeah. Did that, you see it? The, no, the I just saw the smoke. Yeah. I knew what it was. That guy just went and talked to a dude right there, and the dude's response was to just go like this and not look up or make eye yeah. contact. <laughs> he did not make eye contact. <laughs> I'm pretty certain he picked the right guy. Yeah. <laughs> pretty certain he nailed it. Like, it was a very stoned reaction of, like, just play it cool, man. <laughs> Just stop and play it cool. <laughs> <laughs> he got the guy in the front, and then the guy right behind him is like, wait, he has a ponytail. I better tell him, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a guy, in, I did a show at the CBC in Toronto with Nick Thune, like, years ago. And this guy was in the front just doing that, like, just, like, puffing it. And I remember, like, dude, are you smoking a fucking vape pen right now? And he just looks up and goes, You're correct. You're correct. I'm sorry. I have a question on the topic, if it's okay, because, like, Nikki yeah, sure. is saying she feels bad that that guy didn't like the show, and I get it, and, and sir, if you, you know, if you're not having a good time and this is of no interest to you, I get why you'd be bummed out. I understand it. But my question is, I feel like this is uh, one of the last great taboo conversations. People don't want to fucking hear about it. When you're so fucking yeah. sad, people don't want to hear about it. And, like... I'm not sure where everybody else grew up. I grew up in North Jersey where it was like, oh, I'm depressed. And people would be like, wow, what, life is hard. Just get over Shut it. up. Yeah. And I feel like it still is the type of thing. I think there might be, I don't know, I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth um, at all. But it, there might be some element of it where it's like not only did you not sign up for a comedy show, but also it's a conversation that is still, I think, pretty stigmatized and frowned upon. I don't want to have conversations like that. Yeah. I think it's fucked up. Yeah. I think it's weird, too. It's like, don't you feel like, too, I don't, in the States, of, I don't know. I, in my mind, Canada is a place where it's not as fucked up with gun stuff as the U.S. I don't know if that's true. Um, yeah. We don't get guns for our birthday. What's that? We don't get guns for our birthday yeah. in Canada. But, like, like, never a sh- like, when that guy, when that guy, that fucking dude shot up that Batman movie and then uh-huh. you saw the picture of him he was like cross-eyed and his hair was orange and he, like, he just looked like a dude where it was like oh someone in his family or neighborhood should have been like, yeah. like bro go get some help huh yeah. but it's like no like you can't tell other people to do that and you can't step in when you see that and it's still a conversation that feels like like I feel like it's easy there's like it's easier to like it's easier to admit to a lot of other things besides I'm crazy. That's still a hard conversation to have. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a problem. Yeah. I want to just say my Canada story about like I was in a mall. I was in the biggest mall in Edmonton. Yeah, I was at that mall. I was staying there a week, and I was in the mall, and I was like in a Forever Twenty One or something. And all of a sudden, I heard this like bang, 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 and I was like, oh my! Like my first thought is like mall shooting. Like that's just where I go as an American. And everyone seemed like chill around me. And I was looking and it was just like a Chinese New Year celebration with like a dragon. And I was like, I love Canada. <laughs> I was not, and I, that would never fly. And that you, like anyone would no think way. it was gunfire. It was crazy. It would never. Yeah. I was on a, uh, an Air Canada flight and uh, this was on my way to Montreal earlier this year. 
And I, I realized right before the flight was going to start moving that my headphones were in my bag above me. Yeah. And I jumped up, and I opened the thing, and I went to get them. And the flight attendant came up to me, and she was like, I'm sorry, sir. Thank you, sir. I'm sorry, sir. And then I sat, I grabbed my headphones and sat down, and I was like, that was weird. And then everybody's kind of looking at me like I got in trouble, and I was like, I think that's how they say fuck you in Canada. <laughs> say thank you. Sorry, sir. She's like, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I'm sorry. Thank you. And I was like, it's oh. I'm sorry. Thank you. I'm sorry. Yeah, and that's she, she like thanked me a couple of times and then said, I'm sorry. And I was like, oh, no sweat. Like, and then I sat down and just realized from everyone else's reaction, like, oh, I just got fucking school. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. I got my ass handed to me. I didn't even know it. Um, all right, we got to wrap up. But um, I think that's a great point, Gethard. It's like people should talk about it more. Maybe these yeah, Maybe you should have started with that. Maybe, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this is going to be serious at times. Yeah. Yeah. No. Whose job is that? Oh, the host. Oh, yeah, that's me. I mean, I did, I, did, uh, I did enjoy your intro that you did go with, which was just to say, now we're going to talk about suicide. Yeah. <laughs> that's all the, all the buffer you gave it. You threw the audience in front of a train is what you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, How are you going to get us out of it? I don't know. I'm going to ask for your Twitter shit. Things like that. I really don't want to get mine out because I get, I, I hate when people, if you want to say something nice, you can find me, but I They're like going to say something nice. That's all they're going to do. They're going to be like, I think it was important what you did. That's my Twitter impression. And then that's your Twitter impression. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I think people are going to be like, you keep, no, Nikki, you keep telling the truth. You keep being emotionally honest. You keep eating Froyo. I think they're going to be into it. Yeah. They're going to be very yeah, supportive of everything you've done here Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Be very, very supportive of all of it. Honestly, I wanted to do this type of show. I wanted to see how it went. I don't know. Somebody's an experiment. Somebody should try it. And I don't know. Yeah, thank you all for coming and sticking around through it. And I think we all are better people now. Yeah. We're all better I don't people. know. I don't know about that. What's that? Just saying thank you. Oh, like Michael. Michael. Oh, nice. He's more muffled. He's not but as powerful as we just established. Thank you, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Good point. Good point. No, thank you, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Allison, where can people find you? Allison Dorr. Uh, my Twitter handle's Allison Dorr. Okay, two L's. Yeah. What if Toronto's finest? You're in the scene here all the time? Yeah, yeah. I'm around here all the time. I have a website. I don't fucking update it. Don't look at it. Um, and uh, But I also have a show on Sirius XM, Channel 167, Monday to Friday, 1 to 4, if you have that. I was on today. You'll hear my segment is the bleeped one. Yeah. He did. I'm on a clean channel. He did a swear. <laughs> I did a swear word. Yeah. Did it. Nikki. At Nikki Glazer. All right. Two K's. Two K's. <laughs> Two I's. Very nice. You guys should follow Nick Blazer. Any new shows coming out? Yeah, in February. February. Fuck yeah. On my birthday, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be on the Comedy Network or whatever you guys get here, but I don't know. Com- you know what Comedy Central. Comedy Central. It'll be on. It's called Much Music here. That's cool. I'm excited for you. Thank okay, you. Show. Thanks. It's called Not Safe with Mickey Glazer. And I'll be apologizing a lot. I have a feeling. Really? Is that what you're going to smash the walls for? In some vine? 
Chris Gather has a show on already. Yeah. We're waiting to see if it'll come back for season two, man. Of course it will. We'll see. It's so fucking weird, you guys. Has anybody seen it? It's so fucking weird. They got it's just like a hangout. You guys gotta see it's online. They're all on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where else. Torrents and where where mostly else. just YouTube. Okay. It's also on a TV network, but YouTube. Yeah, they're great. Dude, they're for stone. It's just like a bunch of people talking and then like somewhere over there will be hula hooping. There'll be somebody in a dinosaur costume over there. It's fucking weird. I'm telling you guys, for for weed or maybe mushrooms. I'm assuming mushrooms. That guy at the end of row two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's you really love my show, man. We all know it was you, bro. Show's coming to a close. <laughs> Admit it. Right? Admit it. They can't kick you out when you're about to leave, bro. <laughs> Been here before, knocking the parlor door, begging for someone to love Knowing this, we can't agree to keep each other company. Never to go down that road again. You see what I'm talking about? It got a little weird. The thing with these festival shows is, too, people don't really know what they're showing up for. I, mean, I could have done a better job telling them, like, oh, it's a podcast and the topic is serious. So you should be aware that we're not going to be like laugh, laugh, laugh at this. But eh, who cares? I mean, honestly, those guys, Nikki especially, got like weirded out. The guy walked out. But that's on me, Nikki, not you. It's on me for choosing the topic. And I don't mind it. That's a thing. It's not like I'm like, that's on me, but uh, it was a mistake. And I don't think it was a mistake. It was a fun topic. It was a fun discussion. There was some laughs and some serious. Um, right? I think it was fun. Australia. I'm going there. Melbourne. I'll be there Friday and Saturday, maybe Thursday. Then Brisbane, Sunday. That's this week. And then uh, Sydney, the... 24th, 23rd, 22nd. Still only tickets available for the 23rd. The Friday show at a new theater. Go to AriTheGreat.com for tickets and then straight from there to Calgary. Almost done with my road dates. I'm pretty locked in now, you guys. June. June 26th. I think it is. Nope. It's the weekend before that. June 18th, 19th. Saturday night in Austin. I'm going to be recording my next special. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. Got to find a buyer. But if I don't, I, I might just do a CD. I'll find a buyer. I'll find one. I'll find somebody who lets me do it and do it my way. Um, all right. So, yeah, that's it, you guys. I mean, here's the deal about suicide. I should wrap something up. I should say something to wrap up. 
it's just like I, I don't know it's like people related to quitting but it ain't quitting it's more just like sleeping I watched a little bit of the uh, President's Cup over at Renazizi's house this last Sunday this South Korean guy just hit a shot he was down one going to the 18th hole um this is his home course and he had won the last two uh I think European Opens or something like that or maybe uh Asian Opens I don't, I don't know what it was maybe Korean Open they played on this course and he steps up to 18 down one the other dude hit it to a, a two putt um no he put it in the sand Right? Yes, he put it in the sand. And this guy put it just short of the uh, the green. It rolled down. And then he had this shot where he pretty much had to put it to, you know, he had to go up and down. And he get up this hill, and there was a ridge behind the hole. And he had to get it within six feet, really. That's what you got to do. Hope the guy gets out in two putts. You have a chance for a playoff. Also, it was 14 and a half, 14 and a half at the time. So, winner of this match takes the whole President's Cup and he steps up in front of his home home crowd and he uh, he chunked it he came up short of the green and it rolled all the way back down and then he just he, his hands hit his knees and then his knees buckled and he went down and he just held his face in his hands for a little while defeated he wanted to be out of there. I thought he was going to pick up his ball. I thought he was going to pick up his ball and say, fuck it, it's over. But he hit another shot, got on the green, further away than, than Jay Haas hit it, and then picked up. Just that feeling, though, of like, oh, I'm done. This is too hard now, and I'm just done. Like when you're running and you just start walking. You know when you're running and you're like, I'm doing a good jog. And then you're like, this is hard, this is hard. I'm, I'm going to break my stride. I'm going to stop running now. That's all you want was suicide. You just want to stop. You know? You just get tired. You just want to stop. I guess that's not always that. I mean, I guess there's sometimes where suicide is like from embarrassment or to run away from some horrible thing but when it's just depression based you don't even care about winning or losing the game anymore you're like guys I don't care this game is boring to me now it's it's boring it's grating on me I'm tired of it I've grown weary such a good final answer though such a good way out to be like all my problems will be done if I just do this it's so final and just takes care of everything it's not even like getting an extension for your paper you still gotta do the paper suicide everything's taken care of just done I mean Gethard's the only one who really tried it of the four of us I don't even know if it was moments where he got to that point of like I don't want to go on or just I mean it seemed like there were some moments where it was like that 
or if it's overall like just working up the courage. Like I said on the podcast, it was for me. It was just like not being able to work up the courage. It was just too cowardly. I wanted to. I don't anymore, but I wanted to back then. And it was just such a good answer. Anyway, um, all right, you guys, that's the episode. Ari Shavir, Skeptic Tank, episode two forty. Death Wish. What do I take? Alvarado? Let's try Alvarado. We'll see. Um, over and out. Right? Is that it? Is that everything? I think it is. It is Alvarado! I was right. Um, Alright, yeah. Thank you, Nikki Glazer. Thank you, Chris Gather. Thank you, Allison Dorr. Uh, for coming down and taking a uncomfortable. Everybody reach out and tell those guys they did a good job. That would be nice. All right. Bye. I'm so lonely. That's okay. Shake my head. And I'm not sad. And just maybe I'm too blame for all I've heard. And I'm not sure. I'm so excited I can't wait to meet you there I don't care I'm so horny That's okay, my will is good Yeah, yeah